we've made it to another episode, episode number two. It's starting. Yay. 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 If you haven't listened to episode number one, in episode number one, we actually explained the whole concept of this show. And our website, thingsmywifesendsme.com. Explains uh, it too, right? Yes. Okay. I, I believe so. I mean, we have explained it in the pilot. Okay. So I imagine people know what's going on. Okay. Because this is episode two, and you would hope that people begin with episode number one. But then again, I guess we... I, I don't think that's logical, Avram. No? No. Well, I mean, if you're watching Daily Show or John Oliver... People don't necessarily go to episode number one, do they? That's what I'm saying. So maybe you should go over this quickly. All right. So really quickly, there's a lot of news stories out there. I get overwhelmed by the news stories. So my wife goes through the news stories and instead of just sending me the headlines, sends me the stories that it's not necessarily being talked about as much in the media. And we sit down and discuss it every week. How's that? I think that's good enough. Excellent. And just in case I'm having trouble during this, I've, I don't know, I've been experiencing some weird heartburn of some sort, or I don't even know how to describe it. Leia's been having fun all day dealing with it. It's okay. I'm used to it. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, if I conk out at any point during this, that's probably going to be the explanation of why. So looking at the stories that you sent me this week, the one story that I thought was really interesting was about the Kalamazoo suspect that was involved in that deadly shooting. Mm -hmm. And this takes place from, uh, I believe it's on Fox News. And what was interesting is that In between the shootings that was taking place, the suspect was driving an Uber vehicle Mm -hmm. and actually taking people in the Uber car. And an example of one is one person that was picked up at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday night and reported that the suspect was driving very erratically after he got a phone call and hung up. Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing that's kind of shocking is with all of these various Uber passengers, even there were some that happened to even report to Uber that there's a problem with this driver, Uber didn't notice it. What do you mean didn't notice it? They didn't actually trying to... They didn't do anything about it? They didn't really do anything about it because they didn't recognize that it was a problem because essentially there are people taking uber vehicles all the time and some people will report a driver for whatever reason they want to report a driver but and then that driver's penalized and, and we've driven uber ourselves we've seen that people they're trying to make a living and just because Maybe someone didn't have the grand experience that they were expecting. 
and the drive could have been completely fine. Maybe not something magical, but they'll still report against that driver. Right. I mean, I think you're dealing with a situation here of, you know, of the Uber people, you know, the people around the company, I guess, probably being used to um, dealing with people who expect perfection, sort of, um, when I don't think that that's the way the company really works. I mean, you get what you get, whoever signs on to drive. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that, like with any situation, really, if somebody is calling and, and saying that something like that is happening, I mean, to ignore it can, you know, as demonstrated by the situation, lead to a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you if you call the police and, you know, you say, like, I need help, they don't believe you, you know, and then something happens. I mean, I'm not saying I've had that experience. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's like a boy who cried wolf situation. Right. And one of the passengers who only wished to be identified by the name of Derek mentioned that the Uber driver seemed to be aware of news concerning the active shooter. And he even jokingly said to the driver, hey, you're not the shooter, are you? As a result, he got a reply back of no response and the Uber driver just shook his head. So then Derek decided to respond back with, are you sure? And then the driver answered, no, I'm not, I'm just tired. And then they proceeded to have a perfectly pretty normal conversation after that. I, I mean, I think the guy was going through, I mean, I don't know what was in his mind, you know? It, it's not like it's really been discussed yet at this point. Uh, but I, I think, I mean, I think this demonstrates, I mean, somebody who's going to go around shooting people randomly in the first place probably has something, you know, a little bit fishy going on in their head, you know? And I think that the fact that they're... Um, claiming that they had nothing to do with it and, uh, excuse me, hold on. You know, claiming that... <clears throat> yeah, take, 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 a, take a moment. No, a moment. The, the fact that they're claiming that they have nothing to do with it, but also, um, you know, basically denying it so, you know, calmly, I, I think that further demonstrates that point. And what's kind of crazy, just thinking about it, is that <laughs> In the news, they're reporting the gunfire erupted outside a Cracker Barrel restaurant. Four women, including a retired school teacher, were slain, and a 14-year-old girl was wounded as well. That could have been anybody. Right. Now, this also brings into question the entire ride-sharing application. The right. Ride- I mean, that's why I sent it to you, because I figured you would you know, be fascinated by that aspect of it. Well, especially because we've taken an Uber. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of the gamble you always take with these things. You don't really know who you're dealing with. I mean, especially when it's not, you know, like an actual employee of a company, although even in those situations, you don't know. I mean, it's, it's like the um, websites where you can like hire a babysitter and it'll be anybody, you know, and, and you don't necessarily know if there's been an actual background tra- check or anything. But in the case of Uber, what's Different is, is that the drivers aren't employees of Uber. Right. Well, I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, it's a situation where you have people who, 
you know, haven't necessarily been checked completely by the company. But I mean, you have to wonder with this guy. I mean, I think I think they said he just started working for them in like January or something, right? Something like that. Let me just check. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, they they could have missed something. I mean, if that's the case, that's that's pretty fast timing. All that we have is an Uber spokeswoman that confirmed that Dalton was a driver for the ride-sharing service, but didn't say if he was actually working Saturday night. Yeah. Even though there's plenty of proof out there that he was. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure that Uber is probably trying to cover itself as well for liability reasons, but I don't know. No, and that's tough, just thinking about where the sharing economy is going to go, because the idea of the sharing economy to begin with goes on to the main fact of... Like trust, right? Right, the trust of the community. Right. I mean, I I think that these days... I, I mean, I think that there are a lot of good people out there and a lot of people that you can trust, but, you know, occasionally you run into people who, you know, you're not sure about. Who you know may be hiding things. I think in this world now, even though everything is more accessible, so to speak, than it used to be because of technology, I mean, you know, you you still don't know. People who have mental illnesses or whatever the case are not being you know locked up in asylums like it used to be. I'm not saying that they should be. I'm saying that you know these issues are not really being recognized and addressed by society, you know, the way that that they used to be. So I think that, you know, because of that, um, you might have, like, there are more people who are not being recognized and not able to get whatever help they need. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And it illustrates especially a video that you, that you are definitely amused by. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, the, the guy that threw the two tomatoes at Trump. Oh, well, yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, somebody... Is this the next news article you're telling me about? No, I'm, okay. just, I'm just thinking about society of, of where, it's, where it's going. Uh, essentially, that it's weird. It's not the same society. I would never think about having a situation where a presidential candidate would... What, get hit by tomatoes? have a tomato thrown at them. Okay, well, I mean, number one, we're in a different world right now than we used to be. Like, I mean, we're dealing with a candidate right now who is most likely very unlike anything that, you know, these elections have seen before. Um, And, I mean, I don't get into politics. I mean, I'm kind of happy when I see tomatoes get thrown at him, to be honest. Um, I think that the issue that's more interesting is the fact that you know, the Secret Service came and pulled the guy away. Right. Because, I mean, throughout history, I mean, from my understanding of it, given I wasn't, like, you know, there 200 years ago, um, but, you know, when people are frustrated with politicians, that's kind of what they do. But I've never heard of them getting dragged away like that by Secret Service and, you know, arrested before. And the courts will decide what happens there. But speaking of people angry... Mm-hmm. Starbucks customers are furious. Yes. yes. Is this your next news article? That's the next news <laughs> okay. article. I, w- I was trying to get a tie in there. Yes. I don't know how well it worked. That's okay. All right. 
Anyway, company announced on Monday, starting in April, customers will no longer receive one point or star per visit. Mm-hmm. Patrons will receive two stars for each dollar spent. And the problem is that Starbucks is also changing how gold status and perks are calculated. Mm-hmm. So as a result, you will now need around 125 stars, which is the equivalent of spending $63 to exchange for a free item. Well, I mean, just, you know, thought up front. I mean, at first it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. Um, But don't forget that the things that they sell tend to be pretty expensive. So let's say, you know, you're buying like a $5 cup of coffee. I don't even know if if they necessarily have that. I kind of assume so. I mean, obviously, you know, we keep kosher. I don't really buy that kind of stuff there. But, um, you know, if if you were to buy like a $5 cup of coffee or whatever one day, that would only take you 12 days to get to $60. Right. So, you know, which is pretty average. I mean, I used to work in a coffee shop and like – you know, as far as the rewards program went, I think it was like, you know, 10 coffees or something before you get a free one. Right. So a lot of people who frequent Starbucks are using the <laughs> hashtag Starbucks rewards for a way to talk about what they disagree with when it comes to this policy. Right. And... The tough item that's, that's happening is that as you notice each of these Twitter users mentioning whatever they're, going, they're mentioning about Starbucks, they're literally saying, thank you, Starbucks, for now making me realize I should just brew my cup of coffee at home. Right. Right. Uh, when we were discussing this, though, you did mention something fascinating about these people that will now be brewing their Starbucks at home. That they're probably getting it from Starbucks? In a way, because they can buy those K-cups and all kinds of other Starbucks items. So in in essence, Starbucks isn't really losing anything from it. Right, and that people need their Starbucks fix and they'll still do that. But the other thing that people have mentioned... Now, especially with so many stars that are available, essentially before when you looked at how many stars you had, because they have this little animation with a cup and the stars in there, and you would see your 30 stars or 12 stars in there, and you could shake the cup by shaking your phone. Now, essentially, you have 125 stars that's going to be ending up in your cup. It makes it much tougher to add up how many stars you have left. Mm -hmm. In addition, if you're the one to do the Starbucks run in the office, essentially you have an opportunity of getting automatic gold, Mm -hmm. especially if it becomes the case that the office is spending more than $63, which I imagine that would be the case normally. I mean, look, I mean, I don't know what's happening in the mind of the business, you know, to make all these changes, I mean, probably wanting more money, but, you know, aside from that, like, um, you know, I, I don't think people are going to give up Starbucks anytime soon. Right. You know, they'll, they'll just go along with it. 
And just in uh, full disclosure, we actually own some shares of Starbucks, but I imagine many people do. And it was interesting watching the trend of when this announcement took place because the stock went down. And then it went back up again. And then it went back up again. Right, because people are, you know, and it's probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't buy coffee every day. Like, but I assume for some people that it's not really the first thing they're going to give up. You know, especially in the fast-paced world we live in, you know, when maybe you, you can't carve out time to make coffee, you know, much less to do something nice for yourself, you know, so to speak, every day. So if for some people, you know, that's their method of doing that, then, you know, they're probably not going to get rid of that, you know, right away. Well, especially if they are addicted to it. Right. I mean, on one level or another. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I I imagine most people are. Probably. I mean, especially if you feel you rely on coffee every morning. Well, the other part of this that's interesting is that in the previous program, the way that it worked was based on purchases. So essentially, you needed to visit Starbucks 30 times. But those that were savvy enough to understand how the tech system worked recognized that if in one day you made 30 individual purchases, each one having its own unique receipt, you would receive a star for each of those purchases and thus fulfill the 30 visits that you needed to be able to get to gold standard and start earning free coupons and free stuff. Right. So, But, you know, in reality, like, think of it this way. I mean, Starbucks shouldn't really complain about that. You know, I mean, so say they go in every time they buy, like, a granola bar. Okay, so fine. Starbucks isn't making a whole lot of money, but at the same time, if a person goes in, what, you said, like 30 times? Right. Well, that, the, the program is meant for them to go 30 times. Okay, so but even if they make 30 purchases in the same day, they're still giving Starbucks the money. No, exactly. But the problem that would take place is if you have 100 people that are doing this, essentially your line is going to be much longer. Right. Then it would be otherwise. <coughs> Plus, you have to have the employees available <laughs> to be able to fulfill all of these orders. Right. So, I mean, that again, it's kind of up to the business to make that decision. But at the same time, they are getting people in the door and, you know, business. And something that you didn't necessarily send me, but on this topic, so I imagine it's probably free game. Okay. <laughs> A lot of Starbucks. There are reports of them being remodeled to introduce wine and beer. Right. I don't know if that's a good thing. Or I mean, I think it depends on the crowd of the areas that they're trying to do that in. I don't know if they're going to be doing that in, like, all stores or, or whatever. Um, I can see at night, you know, that they may want to make it more of, like, a lounge atmosphere because Starbucks tend to be pretty quiet at night. So if that's what they're going for, I mean, I can kind of understand that. But, I mean, at the same time, like, having been in some Starbucks in, you know, college areas, um, you know, they get filled with students at night. And, you know, it's actually a relatively nice place to do your homework. So if you have this kind of dichotomy between people who are sitting and doing their homework and people who are, you know, drinking and partying, I mean, I don't know if that's going to work. Well, uh, essentially, just looking at, the news, the, what is this called? Salt Lake Tribune mm-hmm. is reporting that in Utah, 
Starbucks is going to be getting five of the Utah beer wine licenses. Yeah. Even Long Beach Starbucks <clears throat> was granted wine beer licenses. Mm-hmm. And this is happening now. This isn't something that has been taking place over the course of time. It's just, what is that going to do to the overall feel of going to Starbucks? Is that going to maybe push families away from Starbucks? I mean, I can kind of see that. I, I think it does depend, you know, what hours during the day or night that they're serving like that. Um, for myself, I think... You know, if it were that atmosphere, honestly, I would be a little bit less likely to go in there um, because, again, you know, I I prefer it for, you know, studying reasons and, you know, writing or whatever. It's, it's nice to do in a coffee shop. So, I mean, the question is how much of that crowd you're going to drive away because, I mean, I see people in there, you know, during the day who are sitting and, you know, typing at their computers or whatever. I mean, working very quietly. I'm not saying that, you know, bringing in alcohol is necessarily going to make the place loud, but it definitely changes the dynamic. Okay, according to the Salt Lake <clears throat> Tribune, that this dining program is already in 10 states, which means 75 Starbucks across the country. I didn't uh-huh. even know that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I can't really say from experience what it's like because I haven't seen one like that before or at least been aware of it. So. I have the rules here. Customers order at the counter. They have their food and beverage delivered to their table by servers. And then the wine and beer service will start in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And it ends 30 minutes before closing, which is around 10 p.m. on weekdays and 11 p.m. on weekends in that area. Alcohol will not be sold at the drive-up windows. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know. I again, like, you know, I haven't been in. I haven't been in a Starbucks that has done this program, so I don't know. Um, you know, I, I again, as somebody who goes to Starbucks to write and you know do quiet work, if I need a change of environment, I don't know if I would necessarily, you know, be interested in going to a Starbucks if people are sitting around and drinking and, and talking or whatever. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not really into the um, sort of restaurant feeling of it, you know, people delivering stuff to your table, um, you know, but there might be some people who are. I, I just think that as myself, sort of an artist writer type, you know, that doesn't really work for me. But maybe there are other people who feel differently. I don't know. I'm just sort of the crunchy type. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I prefer to um, have it set up the way it is now, I guess. I can imagine that. So maybe the end of Starbucks, maybe not. We'll have to wait and see right. where this goes. I mean, I know they keep pivoting as a company. I don't know if this is the smartest pivot, but, you know, it. I guess it depends on how they are in certain areas. Because, I mean, like, the, we have one um, in near where we live in sort of a quiet, you know, old downtown. And when I walk by at night, it's absolutely empty. But then again, that's not on, like, a, you know, a main road, so. No, exactly. And speaking of roads, okay. I love <laughs> these segues. Coming soon, pay for gas or parking all from your dashboard. I knew you were going to like that article. Oh, I love this article. Okay. This is from I NBC News. I didn't really News. get a chance to read it, though, so you're going to have to tell me about it. Okay. So 
Visa is trying to turn the car into a mobile payment platform. Right. Right. It was showcased at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona on Monday, and they're teaming up with Honda to create the ability to access Visa via the car's dashboard. So would this be like some kind of device that's attached to the dashboard or like in the dashboard, like an old CD player? Or I guess it's attached to the dashboard or built into the dashboard because okay. it tells the driver when their gas is low mm-hmm. and immediately navigates them to the nearest place to fill up. It's interesting. Yeah. Once parked next to the pump, it calculates the cost of filling up and the person then pays for gas or even convenience store items via the dashboard. I think it's very interesting. I mean, like, the only issue I can see is, you know, if you have a case with some of these old gas stations, you know, if they're not connected to the service. Right. I mean, I guess it would just lead you to the ones that are. Um, But, you know, like, let's say you're, you know, in the middle of Vermont or something, you know, like some area where where things are a little bit more old-fashioned, you know, would you be stuck? I don't know. You might be. Right. No, because um, they're also working with a company called ParkWiz mm-hmm. to give the ability to pay the exact price for parking. What do you mean? Like for like meters? Yes. So meters, the way meters typically work is that you have to make an estimation of how long you're going to be parking. Right. So you, and you pay up front for two hours of parking. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's going to measure the exact time you were in the parking spot and charge. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to think about the whole process of getting a credit card out or finding coins. Your car will pay your meter. Right. Right. It's it's different because they're betting on 2020 being the time of the connected car. Which is only like four years from now. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's really a good thing. I, I mean, like, look, I, I can see these things all having their advantages. I guess it's just a case of, um, you know, the more you automate things and connect them to, you know, a wider system, the more likely, you know, that other people can tap into that and do whatever they want to it. I think. I mean, I unless, imagine. unless technology gets better, but I think the reality is that no matter how much better technology is going to get, there's always going to be somebody trying to tap into it. Yeah. Pizza Hut, by the way, has already worked with Visa, showing people they can pay for a pizza from a car and have someone bring it out to them when they're ready. Hmm. So Visa is really trying to push the limits of where mobile payment structure is going to go. Right. They probably see their businesses disappearing otherwise. I don't know. But I mean, like, you know, for example, paying with, you know, your like Apple Watch or something, right? Yep. Like we go into businesses and not very many actually have their systems set up to handle it yet. So, I mean, like you can ask yourself, you know, fine, maybe it's just our area that they're not there yet. But I mean, we live in Boston, you know, that's probably more advanced than like rural, you know, West or something. Um, so it kind of makes me wonder how fast this stuff actually is accelerating and if these companies are getting ahead of themselves. Well, just to finish up, they are going to be testing this in Northern California for the fuel app Mm -hmm. and the parking is being tested in New York city. Very interesting. Yeah. That's what I thought too. 
it's going to be a three-month period starting this spring. So they're waiting on winter. That's a little overambitious. Possibly. I mean... You know, like, I, I think it would maybe be more practical to start in a smaller area first, right. um, which maybe they've done. I don't know. Right. You know, because I can see a place like New York having all kinds of quirks parking-wise. I mean, for example, like, you know, they have those garages. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, how, how would these payment systems deal with that? We have Especially no if the garages are run by individual people and, you know, not really by major gas stations and stuff. Or cities. I don't know. We'll have to see what goes on. It could be like the chipping card where they mandated that it must be part of the credit card. Right. Who knows where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. With that, we are actually done. Okay. That was fast. I know. That was really fast. That was faster than last time. I know. I don't know. It's crazy. Yes. I guess we're done. I guess so. Oh, my goodness. So if you want to check our website out, it's at thingsmywifesendsme.com. We're going to constantly work on it and see what we can do to, I don't know, how do I best put this? Raise funds while providing you with unique rewards. Mm -hmm. Does that work? I think so. Okay. I mean, we, we have to, you know, be able to handle keeping the podcast going. Right. No, it's a lot of work to put this together. Right. So... We'll just keep doing this, and those that tune in, thank you so much for listening today. Avrami, you forgot your punchline again. Oh. Uh, this is like when he turns onto our street. We've lived here for almost a well, year and a half, and he still forgets to make the left turn. Okay. Anyway, go on. All right. And remember, sometimes listen to your wife. Avram. What? Avram. What? <laughs> is there a problem? Yes, there is a problem. Okay, fine. And remember, always listen to your wife. Much better. We'll see you next time.